Let's stand together. Well, Brother McCoo to this pulpit this morning. I only obey the Holy Ghost, don't you? Let's give him a good bend down welcome to this pulpit this morning. God bless him. Bless you, Al. Appreciate you. Somebody shout to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm glad that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, he's a great God, a mighty Savior. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm glad I feel the Holy Ghost today. Thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my, 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 my. Praise God. Well, somebody say praise the Lord. Good to be back in Bendale. Good to be back in God's country. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody here. Y'all are awful quiet this morning. <clears throat> my goodness, somebody go get a pot of coffee on. Amen. A couple of pots. Some of y'all need a little help. Y'all still got cracklings in your eyes. Praise God. Amen. Good to be here. Honored to be here today. Sister McCool sends her greetings. She is uh, on a weekend with the girls over in Georgia. So anyway, I told them to go get it out of your system and come home. Praise God. Amen. And uh, all I can say about Brother Moore is you quit too soon. I was enjoying that, brother. Praise God. It sure is good to be here. Good to see everybody today. And uh, God has been so good to us, so kind. And uh, we're just going to rear back and let God have his way today. Is that all right? Amen. And so uh, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not going to promise you you're going to hear anything new. <clears throat> but if it's new, it ain't true. Praise the Lord. Boy, y'all are really on edge. See, Brother Troy got up here and messed it all up. Talking about me laying the hammer down, and immediately everybody just went, oh, God, here we go. Praise God. Amen. So uh, y'all help me out. Don't, don't get all froze up. Praise God. My God, you got a wildfire here in the pulpit. There ought to be a wildfire out there in the pews. Some of y'all looking like you. Looking like it's already February with ice hanging off everything. <laughs> Amen, amen. We're thrilled to be here and uh, honored to be here in this pulpit with uh, to preach instead for Brother Moore, and we're grateful for that. God's very been kind to us and uh, uh, doing better than I have been. Can't complain. Now, <clears throat> I feel good right now, and uh, I can't promise. Some of y'all are really liking this because it may only last 15 minutes. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know I preach till I get through, but uh, amen. I was kind of chuckling to myself when Brother Troy was making comments earlier, and I thought, boy, if they just knew. Amen. So you're just going to have to help me crank this tractor, and let's get it rolling. Is that all right? Praise God. Praise God. God's here to minister to people, and uh, I, I like the lingering spirit of the Lord that is here today. And uh, while we were praying uh, for different ones that were here in the front, come to the front for prayer, special prayer. And uh, there just seemed to be a very strong, lingering presence of the Lord to uh, lift us where He is. 
and to minister to needs that are here. You need the Holy Ghost today. This is your day. Why not? Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till midweek service. Praise God. Let's do it today. Hallelujah. You need healing in your body? Go ahead and do it today. Let's trust God right now. And let's see what God's going to do for us. Praise God. And I hope that you came uh, hungry for the word of the Lord today. And I believe the Lord's going to minister to us. <clears throat> Turn me in your Bible to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, we're going to look at verse 22. Familiar passage of Scripture. Preached from it many times. But I had just felt drawn back to this text today. And uh, asking God to use it and to use his servant today to minister and to help us today. Praise God. For all the clock watchers, it's 1046. And we've already got your money. We've, you might as well help me preach. Is that all right? Oh, goodness. I better get in here, y'all. God, help them in Jesus' name. Good to see our guest here today. Let's give them a hand clap. <clears throat> and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Everybody said, now. <clears throat> Sometimes you need help right now. Pastor got up here talking about reaching. I thought, my God, have mercy. I'm telling you, your miracle's in the reach. Your faith says, I'm going to get an A for effort, and I'm going to reach. And it said that in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And then the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You have to be careful how you deal with fear and trepidation of spirit because many times if you're not careful in the midst of a struggle, you can mistake God for an attack of the enemy. Well, praise the Lord. You can think God is mad at you, upset with you, wanting to pull out a big club and knock you out because of all the past mistakes. And if you'd have just been perfect, you wouldn't be here. I've got news for you. Sometimes storms come whether you're good or bad. It rains on the just and the unjust. And the Bible said, straightway Jesus spake to them. I'm glad God's got a quick answer for us, a sure answer. And he said, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water oh God, to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. 
and beginning to sink. Everybody say beginning to sink. He cried. Don't wait till you're under it. You might be sinking, but cry out while you can. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. Somebody read that with me. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Little faith. Never said he didn't have any faith. He said little faith. Mm, mm, mm. I'll get there in a minute. Hang in there. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and when they were then they which were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Jesus came unto them. He went, the King James says, he went unto them. Basically saying from where Jesus was, he left, he went. Making himself available on a determined mission of mercy, and he makes himself available walking on top of everything. And I'm going to preach to somebody today for a little bit. I hope I can encourage your spirit, and I hope that I can uh, say something that's going to help you to get a hold of something like your pastor said today. And I'm going to preach a little bit about God's on top of it. God is on top of it. Praise God. Put your Bible down. I, <clears throat> some of y'all just looking at me kind of strange. I, I know you're grinning, but you're waiting on something to happen, aren't you? I, I didn't come to pull a white rabbit out of a black cat, but I tell you what, you respond to the Holy Ghost today, and something's going to happen that's going to change you. It's here today. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the word of God today. Praying for your power and your mercy to be abundant to each and every one that is gathered together, Lord, in your presence. I'm asking you today to minister to every heart today. That you would lift the discouraged and encourage their heart. That you would, Lord, inspire the faith of those that have struggled today. We come to you right now asking you to work through us, God, that good thing that is able to, Lord, lift the heart today and let their eyes be cast upon, the, Lord, the higher point of view that comes from the Spirit of God. We're asking you, Lord, let the word of God be rich to us. Let it become real in our spirit. And I pray that you would stretch forth your hand and heal those that are sick today. And you would bring deliverance to the captive and fill with the Holy Ghost. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Let's clap the hands to the Lord right now. Can we do that? Praise God. Come on, lift your voice and let's give God praise today. Hallelujah. Somebody thank him right now with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul today. Well, glory. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn around and look at your neighbor and tell him God's on top of it. 
God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. It is an amazing thing to understand the power of God and to see how God shows himself mighty. Uh, even from the book of Genesis, we can quickly ascertain that, that God is not intimidated by darkness and the opposition of, of chaos as it's described in the first chapter of the book of beginnings. It helps us to understand that, that when God begins to move and God, as the Old Testament term is, hovers over or draws near to a particular situation that it's not long that, that something begins to happen. That something that God desires to do can still be done regardless of how bad it may look to each and every one of us. And so if you'll pardon me today, I want to talk about some bad things. Amen. But I also want to talk about some good things. I want to remind us today how awesome God is in spite of the dark moments of life. I want to talk about how awesome God is when it seems like everything is against us. I want to talk about how truthful God is even when it seems like we're faced with the lies from the adversary. And if we can start quit talking rather about the bad stuff and start concentrating trading on the good stuff I believe we can walk out of here and say God is still on top of it hallelujah God helps us understand and I want you to be clear today that everything we believe you will find its roots in the book of Genesis you will find every doctrine we believe in the book of Genesis we find the answers to resolve the problems of life in the book of Genesis it's there if you will take time to look at it and so when God draws near to us today he wants us to understand that there is absolutely nothing too hard for God. He wants us to understand that he will do to depend on. That no matter what you're facing, God just needs to get involved. Amen. And if you'll let him, he'll turn things around. Amen. That you didn't think could happen. I know you're quiet. I know you're listening to me. But I want I want you to get a clear picture in your mind that'll help you praise him like you've never praised him before. Because if the sons of God can shout the praises of the Lord in his creation and in his order and in his power, I think we ought to be able to praise him as blood-bought children of God. It is the order that God desires to bring. Order in your mindset. Order in your faith. It's not enough to bring order to the problem. But the first step in the miracle is bringing order into your spirit. 
coming back to a place where my faith is anchored in him. I'm not turning to the left. I'm not turning to the right. But I'm going to let my faith be anchored in an unalterable God who never changes, who is forever the same. He is still mighty. He is still glorious. He is still majestic. He is still magnificent. He is still everything that I can ever need in this life. It is something incredible if we will ever learn to get our focus upon the good and not so much on the bad. It is easy to say it sometimes, hard to live it. But if we could ever put that into motion, as your pastor was talking about what do you do when you're about to fall, the first thing you try to do is to get your balance. You try to somehow get a hold of something that can stabilize your life once again. If you will allow me today, then it's, then it's bringing order when we get stabilized. It's, it's getting in order when we allow God to bring balance back into our spirit. Amen. It's balance that makes revival churches what they are. It's balance that makes you strong as a Christian. It's balance that helps you push through in the middle of the dark storm. It's balance. It's balance. And we gain balance by reaching out. It's balanced because we've got a hold of something that's also holding on to us. When we neglect that very thing, that is when trouble really does come. You cannot move out of the pathway sometimes of the hurricane. It just is what it is. You've just got to get prepared. You've just got to batten down the hatches. We live here in this Gulf Coast area. We're no stranger to the power of hurricanes uh, that have come and, uh, and against the Gulf Coast area and uh, has done cataclysmic damage. We, we all understand that. Uh, but I want you to be clear to today that even in the midst of that we prepare don't we we try to get the windows uh, uh, put boards on the windows sometime uh, or put tape on the windows to keep the glass uh, from flying everywhere in case something uh, busts the window we we try to get things out of the yard uh, so the high winds don't blow them uh, somewhere down the road uh, it's preparation uh, in the face of storm uh, that helps keep you balanced in the times of trouble. Hey Amen. This is what happens when God steps into a situation. He is reaching for us far more than we realize. He is trying to put a hand not only on the circumstance but put a hand upon us that will keep us balanced. That will keep us stabilized feel like I'm preaching to someone today that you walked into this service and you're still looking for answers to questions. 
You're still in this service today. You've come again. This isn't the first service, but you've come again saying, God, if I could just get a word from you, if I could just get a little something that could help bring a little stability in my marriage and bring a little more stability in my walk with you, if I could do something that could bring a little more stability in my circumstance that'll help me get out from under it where I can too get on top of it. God is wanting us today to reach out. It's in the reach that the miracle comes. I want you to say that with me. It's in the reach that the miracle comes. I'm not going to preach long today. I'm just going to get right into it. Is that all right? Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's in this text that we find Jesus sending his disciples into a ship to cross the sea. It is at this time that God is fully in control of everything that has taken place. In fact, so miraculously that 5,000 people have been fed. They've traveled, they've journeyed, and uh, even in the time of lack and hardship and hunger, it seems like, Lord, what's going to happen? Uh, and the Lord begins to draw near to the situation. Uh, he begins to stabilize the, the uncertain faith of his disciples when they question, uh, where are we going to get uh, food for the masses? Uh, and yet still God supplied. Uh, you know, some Sometimes before we get big miracles in life, uh, God wants to see our reaction, uh, amen, in the small moments uh, where faith demands uh, a miracle. Can I get an amen? I believe that when we do understand that God still heals uh, the headache uh, and God still moves mountains financially, uh, that God still steps in uh, and gives you little blessings like stepping stones uh, across the babbling river I want you to understand God said if you can trust me then if you can cross over when I provide for you here you'll be able to make it when you're still in the storm and there's nowhere out it's here that God is simply saying to all of us that storms will come but you've got to remember the miraculous power of God before you ever get there. Well, I wish I could preach this like I feel it today. It is, it is helping us to understand today that when Jesus has brought the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, we often attribute that to an incredible miracle from the Lord. The Bible tells us not one of them went away hungry. They were satisfied and the fragments were, were taken up in baskets. It is the great understanding that, that God is still able to take the small things and multiply them where he can provide for the long haul. Can I talk to somebody today? God's done some things for you. But still, you've come to a crossroads and you're wondering, will God do it this time? Amen. But has it been a mistake in my life that might keep God from answering that prayer? And if you're not careful, you can get focused in on the bad. Can I hear somebody say amen? You can start focusing on the bad. Focusing on my shortcoming. Focusing on the things that could have been. Focusing in on 
wondering how bad it's affecting everybody else. Uh, wondering what I'm going to do because uh, there ain't no tomorrow if I don't get a miracle today. Jesus performs the miracle for the feeding of the 5,000 on what seems to be the small and insignificant. Can I preach to you today? We wait till we feel like we can muster up enough faith before God will move when God just simply needs us to give Him what faith we have. Because you know as well as I know that even on our greatest day, sometimes faith falls short. We have to remind ourselves that even in the midst of my struggle with faith and not feeling like I really got much faith at all, that God is still on top of everything. That He is still in control. That He still holds the answers. That He still speaks. And He's able to bring order to the chaos. Our problem sometimes is we're looking at God from too far away. I love space and I, I enjoy the things concerning uh, the stars and astronomy. Not astrology, but astronomy. Somebody questioned me one day, you believe in astrology? And that's not what I said, astronomy. And I want you to understand something. It was a beautiful thing. If you did not get to see it, but when that spacecraft came back in and right across the Gulf of Mexico you could see that long tail almost like a comet coming in here. And I was driving home down Highway 49 just south of Hattiesburg and I had the biggest picture when I topped some of those hills and you could see that thing just going across there. My mind got to thinking just how big God really is. And you start considering the handiwork of the Lord. That he speaks in all space and matter and time come into existence. He names the stars one by one. He hurls them. One poet said on the black velvet at night, but that's not what the Bible said. He said he hung the stars on nothing. Everybody said nothing. Nothing but his word. He puts them in their place. And, and out of his voice just comes the, the spilling out of the creation of planets. That just go on and on and on and on in the universe and galaxies that the Hubble telescope will never discover the contents of its blackscape. Nowhere will you be able to reach and far. You could go to the Hubble telescope and still not see it all. You could go to that uh, telescope in the Grand Canary Islands where they're on top of that large hill that was one of the, the strongest, if I'm not mistaken, it's still the strongest telescope, amen, in the world. In fact, it's so strong with all the mosaics of the mirror and the electrons and the power of that scope that it's able to even catch the, the faintest light of a dying star. It's incredible. And God lets us know I'm bigger than all of this because I've created all things and that I am on top of everything. It's, 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 it's coming back to the simplicity of where my faith really lies because it's not in my ability, but it's in God's ability. God wants us to understand today that He gives us the little miracles.
so that he can set us up for the greater miracles. Sometimes we think that this is a great miracle, but I want you to notice that really he is providing for the flesh. It's really what this is about. He has the ability to bring provision for all of us. Uh, David said it this way, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And so when they see the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, I want you to understand something. Yes, it is an incredible miracle, but minuscule as far as God is concerned. He simply says, give me what you have. Lord, we don't have much. A few loaves, a few fishes. Here it is. Good. Just let me get my hands on it. Just let me put my fingerprints on this. Just, just let me show you what my hands can do. Oh, thank you, Brother Troy. Allow me to step into this and show you what I can do. And out of his hands come a multiplication of fish and bread. Already cooked. Already done. Somebody say amen. He does it on the minuscule. He does it on just what they had to offer. The principle is replete because the chapter does not close without the fact that he is now putting in them a boat and moving them across the sea, saving them from the temptations that he alone is about to face. Uh, amen. When, uh, when men, wicked men come to tempt him uh, to become a king and he separates himself from that and ascends the mount to pray and gain victory over the flesh as a man. Uh, but yet still, he is God steps off of mountains and puts his feet on the sea and one right after the other begins to move where the disciples are struggling wondering if they're going to make it through the night the storm is wailing the wind is fierce the water is stinging them in their face and they're wondering what is going to happen now and where is God in all of this? Anybody been there? Boy, y'all are quiet. You get back to the place where you remember what faith did in the small things. Give God praise about the Small things. Well, some of y'all, you need to start giving God thanks for the small blessings of life. Some of y'all, I'm, I'm just going to hit it where it goes. Here comes that hammer, everybody. But you've let your stinking pride get between you and God because now all of a sudden you, you've got a trial, you've got a situation, and now you're upset with God because God didn't do it like you thought he should. Why? Because we forget the little things. That's what happens to us. We stop being thankful about the little things. Thankful that God got you up this morning. Brought you to church. That you're not here by mistake. 
you know, you're not thankful for, you know, God just giving you a bed to sleep in and clothes on your back. Mm -mm. Thanking God for putting food in your belly. Keeping your children alive when that car wreck should have killed them. We could go on with a list of things. But when Jesus sends them out, he sends them with the intent and the purpose to go to the other side. It was not merely a suggestion. It was a command from God. You're going. It was a vocalization of intent and purpose. God said, you're going to the other side. Just get in the boat and go. You know, God, God gives us commands sometime, and God directs our path, but we still want to get God to tell us all the details before we go. See, that's the way some, some of you are. You, you got to know all the details before you, before you get there. Get up and get aggravated with the boss because the boss didn't spell it out for you. Some of y'all saying, Brother McCool, make this message short. What happens to us, isn't it? We got to know all the details. My wife's going to kill me for this. But I love my sweet life. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to be careful. I might have to sleep on the couch, but I'm going to be careful. Praise God. I love my sweet wife. I'm going to tell you something about Sister McCool. She wants to get all the details. In order. <laughs> now once she's got that, she's okay. She's good to go. She can ride the river. And that's the way she is. And I love it. Because she helps keep me organized. So I'm not, hush, quit laughing at me. <laughs> Some of y'all's wives are that way too. So don't look at me like that. Some of you men are about as starchy as an old shirt. Scared to death. Shame on you. Balance. That's right. Balance. Some of y'all are thinking happy wife, happy life. Preacher, praise God. But we want the details, don't we? We think we've got to get everything and we got to have the, every dot of the I and every cross of the T and we've got to know all this stuff before we can have faith to obey God. want to finish this sermon today hallelujah thank you brother but that's what we do isn't it we got to get all the details Jesus didn't give details he just told them to get in the boat and go have you ever asked God why he did that I have see I'm not afraid to ask God why on some things because I want God to help my understanding and it helps me understand that, that God just wanted an opportunity to show them that even when you don't know everything, I'm still on top of it. Even when your doctor doesn't have the answers. 
even when your doctor doesn't have the formula and he can't get the medication right and even when your doctor thinks it's one thing and another doctor amen in about two counties over thinks something else oh God help us Jesus one saying one thing one saying another and the more people you ask the more confused you get you've been there say amen Rest y'all, you ain't been there, you probably will when you get older. Not talking to you, though, I'm just. But that's what happens to us. And we think we got to know all the details. You see, when I was in the hospital, and y'all have heard my testimony about it, when early part of the year, and I nearly died twice. I'm going to tell you something. That first go-round, I wasn't concerned about knowing the details. I wasn't concerned about what medication they gave me when that caused it to happen. I just, I just knew someone right. And my daughter said, Dad, you're just getting used to the medicine. I said, no, you don't understand. I know that something is not right. I wasn't concerned about calling the doctor right then and asking him to give me a 25-page dissertation about why I'm acting the way I'm acting. Why is this medicine about to kill me? I didn't care about that. My faith wasn't concerned with the details. My faith was concerned about God getting on top of this thing. God wants us to understand something that it's in the fourth watch many times. The dark moment of life that he strategically arranges the timing in order to give you a testimony. The fourth watch of the night is defined on the Roman measure of time spanning from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's the early morning. Everybody knows what early morning is around here. People that are nurses here, been nurses in the past, got people to get up and do shift work or have in the past. Y'all know what it is to get up early in the morning. Make a long trip where you're going to work. Drive an hour one way. Yeah, I, I know I'm not talking to people that are strange to that. Getting up early in the morning and it's dark. Just hoping that the smell of the coffee helps wake you up before you got to turn the car car over and crank it and get in the road and you're driving and you're trying to stay awake and you're trying to just make it through and you're really not worried about the details you're just worried about getting there sometimes just being faithful in the dark times is all God requires but sometimes it's these strategic moments that happen in the night that God teaches us some valuable lessons in Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles with God and meets him face to face just before entering into his destiny with his name changed to Israel. It was during the dark time of the night. Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea in Exodus 14. Gideon defeats the Midianites in the middle watch of the night in Judges 7. 
It's in the nighttime in Luke 2 that angels appear to shepherds in the field to announce the birth of the Savior. In Matthew 28, Jesus is resurrected from the dead in the early morning while the night still covers the earth. Sometimes the greatest miracles of all happen when it's nighttime. When you and I don't see. Isn't it amazing the Lord chose that time to be resurrected? He was resurrected, and I truly believe that it was right that the very cusp of the sun break in the horizon. That's just my thoughts. But still enough darkness to be noticed and enough light to be seen. To remind us that the darkness can't stop God. The bad moments don't intimidate Him. I hope I'm making sense today. It's in those moments that God chooses to reveal His power. Because at that moment, there's nothing Mary and Martha or the rest of the disciples can do. Jesus is dead. And they get up early in the morning and they go to anoint the body of Jesus. And when they get there, they're so fearful that they're going to be arrested and drug off or refuse to be able to go in and anoint the body of Jesus. And they talk about it. And when they finally get there, all of their imagination and all the what-ifs all of a sudden get resolved when they see the Roman guards laying like dead men and the gleam of angelic hosts laying on top of the stone that had closed the tomb and a voice that said, He is not here! He is risen just like He said. In other words, God's already spoken about this. And there's no more need to worry about it. I got a lot to preach here. And I don't have time to preach it all. But I believe that God is helping us understand today that it's, it's in the nighttime He does His greatest work. He doesn't often do it and wait till the daytime for you to see it with natural eyes. He waits till it's dark and you've got to trust him with spiritual eyes. And when Jesus comes to them on the sea, their perception because of what they are experiencing, you listen to me carefully, and this is what we all go through, every one of us here, we allow the uncertainty of things to dictate our vision and our emotions instead of looking at it for what it really is. Lord, if that's you, you know, the Bible said they screamed out. Anybody ever felt like screaming in a bad situation? Some of y'all scared to say anything now. <laughs> You're not human if you don't. Some of y'all get a little loud, too. Amen? Somebody say it. I feel like moving on, spirit pastor. I'm going to move on here. <laughs> and what happens? Jesus, they think it's a spirit. They think that that their doom is near. They think that, that, that some ghost of destruction is coming their way. And they cry out 
because of fear. I'm here to tell you that in the moments of fear, and, and we will have them, this idea that comes out of the charismatic world that, oh, you're never going to have any fear, they're not in their Bible. Because fear is interwoven in the fabric of your nature as a human being, and it's going to happen. Just as sure as God made little green apples, it's going to happen. And there's going to be times that you and I are afraid. And we're going to start reaching for the things that keep us balanced. And even in the midst of their fear, the Lord gives them something to hold on to. <laughs> Be not afraid, it is I. The word there in the Greek is ego, I mean. The term there is equivalent to the same Old Testament term that he uses for I am that he speaks to Moses and to Abraham. In other words, he goes right back to the beginning and he rips the veil off of who he really is. And he says, I am. And that's all they needed to hear. Not I was. Not I will be. But I am. Everything you need for right now. Everything. Lord, if it be you, let me come. Anybody ever been there? Lord, if you're really in this, show me. Well, some of y'all don't look too excited. We'll come back tonight. We'll have a good time. But that's what happens to us. God, if you're really in this, I need a sign. I need you to show me something. If it's really you, God, invite me to come out there where you are. I want you to notice the terminology. Peter, Peter's not looking to be wowed by the miraculous. He's just wanting to get to where the Lord is. Hello, somebody. If you, when you start seeking the Lord in your situation, instead of seeking for a miracle, God will take care of it. Boy, that went over like a flock of dogs. But that's the truth anyhow. When you get back to seeking the Lord and quit seeking the miracle, oh God. I'm in the book, friend. When you get back to making Him the focal point, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things will be. Is that in the book? I'm talking about getting balanced again. When you go back to seeking God like you used to. Get balanced again. When you ask God to show you, he has no problem. Lord, is that really you? Then invite me to come to where you are. Not invite me to walk on water. Invite me to come to where you are. That is the whole crux of the text. And he says, come on. I think there's like 96 invitations in the Word of God. And only one time is it ever used in one word. And it's right here. One time. One word. I want to ask you something today. 
How many invitations from God do you need to step out in faith and just believe God? How many prophets do you need to call you out? I feel y'all's toes just drawing in. I hear nails scratching the insoles of your shoes. Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come unto you. Let me get out there where you are. And he says, come. It's walking on faith and just walking on what God said that gets you to where he is. He's not going to promise you that in the midst of that journey from the boat to where he is that the wind's going to ever stop blowing and the, winds are, and the waves are going to lay down. But when God speaks, are you willing to step out today? Are you willing to let God do it His way? I know you want to get to where I am, but are you willing to walk on what looks like uncertain paths? Let's all stand. I'm going to get you out of here. Now, there's no need to criticize Peter for sinking in his situation. Because there were no accolades for those that stayed in the boat. There's something to be said for faith that will step out in uncertainty. I've heard people say, well, you're crazy for doing that. <laughs> I, remember when I, <clears throat> I remember when I first went to Bible college. We're going to uproot from here. I'd never really been anywhere except the Gulf Coast and the state of Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. But here we moved to Houston, Texas, fourth largest city in the world, to go to a place I'd never been before, to go to Bible college and no way to pay for it, had no money saved up. We just stepping out by faith. And everybody said I was crazy. I've seen people say, man, you're nuts. You better, you better, you better do something about this. And God's saying, no, I've got something over here, I want you to focus in on. See, sometimes God's got to, He's got to present the opportunity. And that's what He's looking for today. It's just an opportunity for you and God to connect. To bring a revelation to you that you might be under it right now. You might be going through things you don't understand that you can't control. But God's saying, if you'll just follow me, if you'll just obey me, if you'll just step out in faith, I can show you I'm on top of it. Time's not going to allow me to talk about how God sits on the circle of the earth and the earth is His footstool and all the many scriptures we could go through. We'll just suffice it to say the Bible is replete where it shows us that God is on top of things. He's on top of your situation with your marriage. He's on top of your situation with your family. He's on top of your situation and your relationships to other people. Oh, I felt that. And you may need to, you may need to get some things ironed out with people before 
God does answer the prayer you're asking Him to answer. But I'm telling you, that's the step of faith in uncertainty. So I don't know if they're going to say I forgive you or not. I don't know if they're going to agree with me or not. Well, does it matter? Boy, it is quiet in here today. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Turn around, look at somebody and say, I hope you love me. I'm going to behave, Brother Moore. I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave. God is on top of it today. You look at your neighbor and tell them God's on top of this. Now, I'm not going to give you an altar call. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. And we're going to pray right now. And we're going to ask God to forgive us. And we're going to ask God to heal us. And we're going to ask God to renew our faith right now. Can we do that? Come on, somebody. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we're so thankful. All the many blessings you bestow on us, Lord. Though we're undeserving and untruly unworthy of it, I'm asking you today to place your mighty hand, Lord, upon every need. Draw near to your people and hover over us until we become more like you. That, Lord, whatever storm that they're going through, no matter what turbulent times that they're pushing forward in, that in this, God, they discover that, that even in the small, minute faith that they may feel they have, that there is a, a great God that can still provide, and a God that is still able to help them through the storm. That even when it seemed like Peter had little faith, you took what he had and you showed him greatness and you showed him mercy and you showed him your power to carry them through every situation Lord today let there be a reminder let there be a light turn on in the heart of somebody today that even in the midst of the struggle that you're still on top of it when we feel like we're under the pressure you're still on top of it when we feel like there's no way around it you're still on top of it to bring us through. Hear our prayer today, God. Lord, cleanse our mind, our spirit, our heart today. Help us to position ourselves right now. The Lord, to position ourselves for the miracles by seeking you and not things. Worshiping you and not our blessings, and exalt you who is truly on top of everything today. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being patient. Turn around tell somebody you're better than I am. Let's give the man of God and God hand clap of thanksgiving here this morning.
How many of you believe we're living in one of the most chaotic uh, worlds and times that we could possibly be in? Uh, the days of Noah's, they're making their way around. There's, it's coming. Wickedness, darkness, and things of that nature. And if we're not careful, we'll think things are out of control. And uh, even out of God's control. Let's hear the word of God today. Amen. He's still sitting on top of things. He's, he's always making a way that we'd have something to reach and get a hold of in this journey of life. Thank you this morning. Appreciate all that's in this place with us today. Come back tonight, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. Brother McCool will be back with us. Amen. We appreciate you. And uh, choir practice or whatever they want to call it. No practice at 4.30. No practice at 4.30. Okay. So everybody be here by 5.30 then. Okay. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.